You're listening to the Passion Daily Podcast. Today's short scripture reflection comes from Pastor Ben Stewart. Well, hi, welcome to session one out of four on how to cultivate a meaningful life. I remember years ago, I was invited to negotiate the obstacle course on a Navy SEAL base. And I'm pleased to say that after several minutes of leaping over logs, climbing ropes and whatnot, I completed the course in under 12 minutes, the minimum time to become a Navy SEAL. But then the SEAL that was leading me through it decided he wanted to run it and he ran it in under six minutes. Uh, walking leisurely between each obstacle. Uh, And when it took me nine Advil a day just to function over the next two weeks, I realized, you know, I'm not built to be a Navy SEAL. I've been finally crafted by God to read books. And yet every time I leave that community, I find myself wondering if I'm enough of a man. And they don't put it on me. I just start to think of that. Like, I need to figure out how to fire an M4 or a grenade launcher. Why don't I know how to fly a helicopter yet? And I do that for a few days until I realize, hey, if those guys are the standard of manliness, there's not a lot of men in the world. There's only a few thousand of those guys. So they can't be the standard. But then that leads me to the question, then what is a man for? What can I do that I can say I have fulfilled the purposes of a man? And I mention that because all of us have a desire for meaning in our life. And I talk to so many young people that feel that meaninglessness stalks them. And that's difficult to bear because there's two great longings in the human heart, belonging and mattering. We want to be a part of a community that cares about us and part of a cause that's worthy of our life. And the Bible's clear on why you and I exist. Colossians says that all things are made by God and for God, uh, or more specifically, by Jesus and for Jesus. When Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? He said to love the Lord your God, that you and I are made to know and enjoy our maker. But then that leads us to a question. Well, then how does that work out in the day to day? What does that really mean? And we're going to talk about cultivating intimacy with God in a different module. For this one, I want to talk about what does it mean from nine to five? What does it mean for the work that I do and how I pay bills? How can the eternal touch down with the mundane? And if great what's only happen because of great whys, you and I need to first understand why we're here. Then we'll figure out what to do with that. So why we're here, the best thing to look at is created intent. What are we made for? If a fish is most free when it swims, if a phone is most free when it's used to call or text, what are you and I for? Well, to do that, we look at the creator's intent in Genesis. And we're told in Genesis, we're not just made by God, we are made in the image of God. We are meant to be like him in some critical ways. And I'll summarize here in Genesis, when you watch God create, we get to see what he's like. And you see in Genesis chapter one, it says, now the earth was formless and void, and there was darkness over the surface of the deep. And those are negative terms right at the beginning of Genesis. The world was formless, it lacked structure, and it was void, it lacked life. There was no form and there was no fullness. But then God begins to enact himself on that chaos. And he begins to move. And in the first three days, as he rotates that watery matrix, it recedes and he creates the sea, the air, and the land. And you see in three days, God builds structure, the teleological support systems for life. He solves tohu, the problem of lack of structure. 
And then in a beautiful poetic form, in the next three days, he fills each of those structures with life. He fills the sky with birds, the sea with sea creatures, and the land with animals and humanity. And you watch God in stunning beauty and with creativity, by the wisdom in his mind and with the strength of his power, because of the love in his heart, he builds a structure, but not a stifling structure, one that allows life to flourish. And then he creates you and I, humanity. And in Genesis 2, when it retells the story of men and women, when it talks about our being created in the image of God, it says God put us in the garden to cultivate it and to keep it. What does that mean? Well, when you cultivate a garden, what do you do? You provide structure. You plant seeds in a row. You put little plants on little sticks so they'll grow straight. You create structure. But is it a stifling structure? Are you torturing the trees? No, it's structure for the sake of flourishing. It's form for the sake of fullness. It's giving order for the flourishing of all life. And you see, we are made to be like God. We are structure builders, but not stifling structures, structures that are conducive for life. Parents are meant to create environments where children can flourish. That's the job of a parent, to analyze, how do I take the time, money, energy, resources I have and create an environment where my child can maximally flourish? Husbands do that for wives. How do I organize our raw materials so she can flourish under God? Wives do that for husbands. Bosses do that for a business. How do I create an environment where each person under me can access their gifts and use them for the full potential so we can create something of value for humanity? All of us create structure for the sake of flourishing, or we're meant to. That's what good kings do. They create a kingdom where life can flourish. That's what our King Jesus did. When chaos came back because of sin, he said, I'm bringing kingdom into the chaos. I'm building a structure, but not a stifling one, one that's conducive to life. And that's your job and mine. It's our creation mandate to structure our lives so we can flourish. We're meant to do it for others who we're influenced by, and we're meant to do it for ourselves. So in the next few sessions, we're gonna look at that. How do you structure your life so you can maximally flourish under God? The greatest gift you can give the world is you fully alive, efficiently using the gifts God gave you. So how can we structure so that you can flourish? We'll look at that together in the next few sessions. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Passion Daily Podcast. And don't forget to rate and review our podcast wherever you stream it. You can also subscribe to the Passion City Church and Passion City Church DC podcasts for our full messages every Monday.